And as you're making your way back to your seats, open up in your Bibles to Acts chapter 13. And if I could just ask you to keep the team from our church that went to the Ukraine and are over there as we speak, having worshipped at a church this morning over in the Ukraine, please keep Peg and Haley and Rebecca in your prayers as they are on a short-term mission trip there to proclaim Christ to the people in the Ukraine. I would appreciate that. This morning we're going to look at Acts chapter 13, and we're going to look at the theme of being together in mission. We've been in the midst of a series entitled Together, and I'm excited to look at this topic of together in mission. We're going to read Acts chapter 13. Verses 1 through 4. Let's read God's word together. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a member of the court of Herod the Tetrarch, And Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So, being sent out, By the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there, they sailed to Cyprus, together in mission. Let's pray. Lord, before the church sent church planters out, you sent your son out. We thank you, Almighty God, Heavenly Father, for sending your own Son to come and be a light in this dark world in order to bring salvation to lost sinners like us. We would not be here saved, worshiping you here together if it wasn't for you sending your Son out into the mission, the mission of the salvation of sinners, bought by your blood, redeemed from every nation. And Almighty God, you have called us as your church to participate in this mission. You are building your church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And you call us, Lord, as your people to join you in what you are building to participate together with you in this glorious mission of advancing the gospel. Almighty God, you could have caused your gospel to go forth from any number of ways, and yet it brings delight and glory to you to save sinners and raise them up 
disciple them, equip them to be your messengers, and then to use the very ones who once blasphemed your name and rebelled against you to be the heralds of the glorious good news of your Son. Oh Lord, You use us as Your people so often, though You are not dependent upon us, You use us so often as Your means to take the Gospel to the ends of the earth so that all the nations will have representatives from every tribe and tongue who will worship and praise the Lamb of God. Who has bought for himself sinners saved by grace. And we ask you this morning that you would fill our hearts, Holy Spirit, with power. That you would raise us up, your people, to be passionate together in mission. And that you would prepare our hearts for the work which you have prepared in advance for us to do for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I have one simple point this morning, and it's this. That God's plan has always been to redeem a people for Himself from every nation. God's plan has always been to redeem a people for Himself from every nation. And as we look at that topic and that theme, I look here at the early church in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 13 here, we have this wonderful passage of scripture which talks about the church in Antioch, north of Jerusalem, and a wonderful bridge to the entire rest of the Mediterranean world, God caused persecuted Christians to go north and to settle in Antioch and there was a local church established there planted there and after some time we see that in verse 1 there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers there were those gathered together prophets and teachers Barnabas and Simeon Lucius and Menaean Paul, Saul, and Barnabas, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, we see that the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there, they sailed to Cyprus. It's important to remember that the Apostle Paul called Saul here in this passage, not too long before this moment, was actually persecuting the church. And the Lord Jesus, the resurrected Christ, met him on the Damascus Road, and he was knocked off of his horse, and he was blinded for a number of days just for the sheer glory of seeing the resurrected Jesus. And when Ananias was sent to brother Saul, called brother now, there was fear in his heart for 
the persecution that Saul had brought about was well known to the early church. And in verse 15 of Acts chapter 9, the Lord said to Ananias to comfort him when he told him to go and to pray for Saul so that he might receive his sight again. The Lord says, go Ananias, for he, speaking of Saul, is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles. To carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. We see here the heart of God to designate Saul as an apostle to the Gentiles. The gospel is to the Jew first, but also then to the Greek or to the Gentiles. And we see this coming into full flow and in heavy reality in the new covenant where the gospel goes forth both to Jew and to Gentile in abundant measure. But it's important for us to know as we are on the verge here as a local church of sending out Mario and Jen and their family out to plant a church, Lord willing, to the nation of Croatia, that this has been God's heart from the very beginning. God's plan has always been to redeem a people for himself from every nation. And as we look back on the early church and we see the church in Antioch raising up Saul and Barnabas, Barnabas and Saul for this glorious work for which the Holy Spirit had prepared for them and called them to, It's inspiring to see the church being used in mission this powerfully. God, the Holy Spirit, sends out His messengers through the local church here in Antioch. And we see that the church in Antioch ended up becoming a powerhouse in mission. Where Saul and Barnabas get sent out and then they return back later and report back to the church all the glorious wonders of the Gentiles and Jews whom God saved on their church planting ventures. And the gospel continued to go forth. We see here the priority of the church and that as the church in Antioch were gathered together, they were committed to worshiping the Lord together and fasting. They were committed, verse 3 says, to fasting and praying and laying their hands on them in order to send them off. Brothers and sisters, there's a priority in the Scriptures with the Great Commission where Jesus commissions His people to go into all the nations. We see that the priority is to go. We see also in Acts chapter 13 the priority of being sent out from the church to be sent out by the Holy Spirit through the church there is an element here where hands are being laid on Saul and Barnabas commissioning them forth though the commission had already been received by Saul from the resurrected Christ himself we see Saul in the local church in Antioch, committing himself there, teaching there, and using his gifts there, and being raised up and sent out by the Holy Spirit through the local church in Antioch. It's a, it's a beautiful picture of how mission 
goes forth in power through the church. This is a carrying on of God's plan, which has always been to redeem a people for himself from every nation. The gospel was not meant to simply stay in Antioch. The good news of Jesus Christ isn't simply to remain in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Lord Jesus, the resurrected Lord Jesus, said that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. There is a call for the gospel to always be proclaimed, to always go forth, to not remain stagnant in one place. And the Lord is on the move. The Holy Spirit is on the move in abundant power, sending His messengers forth into the harvest fields. Because we know, as the Word of God says, that the fields are white in the harvest. How beautiful are the feet, Scripture says, that bring good news And oh, we've got good news to tell. We were worshiping the Lord together this morning, Christ community, for the good news of the gospel. That God, in His amazing love, sent His own Son to live and to die for sinners. That He raised His Son up from the dead in order that everyone, Acts 2 says, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Salvation is found in no other name but in the name of Jesus. And we must recognize the urgency of this gospel mission. The urgency of this call to take the gospel forth into the highways and byways of the Reading area. And to take the gospel forth to Croatia to take the gospel forth into newer and newer territories, even as we head into our church's future. Because this is not meant to just simply stay in Antioch. It's not meant to simply stay here in Shillington. It's meant to break forth and to go into new territories. And we are meant to break forth and to go into new territories and be messengers of the good news to go into our office, to go into our neighborhoods, and to proclaim Christ where He has not been heard. And we can often assume that many people already have heard about Jesus, but I assure you, brothers and sisters, that many people have heard the name of Jesus, especially around our area, but they do not know the glory of His dying love for sinners. The hope that is in Jesus Christ and in His resurrection from the grave, the power that can transform their lives out from the brokenness and the despair and the bondage that they're in into glorious resurrection, new life on the pathway to heaven. Oh, brothers and sisters, let the gospel ring out. Let the gospel go forth. Let it go forth from Antioch. Let it go forth from Jerusalem. Let it go forth from Christ Community Church through us. The church. And may God raise up many men and women. And may God raise up many young men and young women. To passionately and zealously 
participate in his glorious plan. The greatest plan and the greatest work that we can ever give our hearts to. The plan of redeeming a people for himself from every nation. It's always been his plan to redeem a people for himself from every nation. I want to just kind of take a look back at the past and see that this wasn't just something that began with Jesus and his incarnation and the Messiah coming and taking on flesh and blood. We see all the way back in Genesis chapter 12 when the Lord calls Abram and says to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, Abram, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you... All the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth. Not just amongst the nation of Israel whom God's going to raise up through Abram and his offspring. But from Abram's offspring. And that word offspring, Old Testament it knew and new, ultimately points to the glorious offspring of Abram. Abram's greatest son, King David's greatest son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who comes from Abram and comes down the line of the Davidic kings and sees to it that God's promise here is fulfilled in Genesis 12, that in you all The nations of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. And the promise also fulfilled in 2 Samuel 7 in the covenant that God makes with King David. That his throne will be established forever. There will be a king that will come from David's line who will establish the throne, the Davidic throne forever and ever and ever It's the offspring of Abram. The offspring of King David. The Messiah. The Lord Jesus Christ. The King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. It's through Him that all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. It's to Him that representatives from every tribe and tongue and nation will bow their knee and worship. Indeed, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. And as Daniel chapter 7 says, of His dominion and His rule and His reign, there will be no end. This King of Kings, the Lord Jesus Christ, will have representatives around His throne worshiping Him forever and ever as the Lamb of God who by His blood has ransomed people for God. He's ransomed sinners for God from every tribe and tongue and nation. This has always been God's plan 
from eternity past to redeem a people for himself from every nation. We see God after he calls out Abram in Genesis 12, the progression of the family of God down through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We see God calling his people and raising up a mighty nation, but then subjecting his people to slavery. Egyptian slavery for 450 years. And you're thinking, what is God doing? This plan is for every nation on the earth to be blessed, and you're bringing your people into slavery. Oh, but brothers and sisters, we see through God raising up Joseph in the land of Egypt that all the nations of the earth are blessed as all the nations after the years of famine flock to Egypt desperate for grain. And because God gave a vision and an interpretation of a vision and a dream to his servant Joseph, there were grain stores in Egypt and God brought the nations to Egypt and fed them and provided for them material and earthly blessing and physical sustenance that they might go forth. Indeed, Joseph's own father and brothers were blessed by that grain, even though they, in their wickedness, sold their brother into slavery. God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. He raises up this mighty nation of Egypt and brings his people under heavy yokes of oppression underneath of them in slavery and raises up Moses to come forth and to perform God's signs and wonders that were so great that the mightiest nation on the earth and its Pharaoh were greatly humbled and broken down under the great plagues of Egypt. And it wasn't just the nation of Egypt that heard about it. The power and the display of God's might of crushing Pharaoh and his armies in the sea. When Joshua sends the spies out in Joshua chapter 2, verse 10. And they meet Rahab. She says, speaking of what God had done in Egypt, the, the word had spread about the fame of this God. And the word of God says, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it here in Jericho, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God... He is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Oh, brothers and sisters, the power of God goes forth and makes a great name for himself. And the news of this awesome God and the wonders that he had worked had gone out ahead of the spies before they had even gotten to Jericho. These spies then instruct Rahab to tie a scarlet cord around so as the people of God came in and fulfilled the calling of God to crush and wipe out the enemies in the promised land. Rahab tying in faith a scarlet cord would be saved from the wrath of God coming forth into the village through his people 
And Rahab is mentioned throughout the scriptures. This Gentile woman marries into the nation of Israel. She's engrafted into the people of God. Brothers and sisters, we see it in drips in the Old Testament. But God has always planned it to redeem a people for himself from every nation. We see it in the way later on when God brings Ruth, the Moabite woman, to the nation of Israel and calls her to marry Boaz. She also is engrafted into the covenant people of Israel. And God uses this Moabite woman who's now a believer and the promised one to come, Abram's offspring, the Lord Jesus Christ, who would come one day and that all the nations of the earth would be blessed. God raised up Ruth, the Moabite woman, to be the mother, the great-great-grandmother of King David himself. And through the line of this Gentile woman, now engrafted in as a believer, God moved his people forward. God advances his purpose forward. Not only that the nation of Israel might be blessed, but that all the nations of the earth might be blessed. We see the line of kings in the history of Israel. We see God raising up Saul and then King David and bringing the covenant forth, the promise of an eternal kingdom and an eternal throne to King David. And we see down through the line with Solomon where the nation of Israel was at its greatest and its zenith and its most powerful. But then we see the decline also in the history of Israel where God, due to Israel's hard heart and unfaithfulness to him, he promised to send his people into exile. And in 586 BC, that promise comes to forth when God sends his people forth and takes them captive through Babylon. And later, the remnant of the Israelites who had been taken captive are under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And God prospers his nation there in the midst of the Babylonians and the works of the Lord The works of God in great power, even before the king of Babylon are so great that Nebuchadnezzar himself proclaims God the king and proclaims God as the the Lord of all the earth. As he witnesses the power of God through God's servants like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, who receives the vision that the Lord is going to establish His dominion forever through the Son of Man. And that title speaks to the offspring of Abram, the offspring of King David. God's people were promised that they would go into exile, but after 70 years they would return. And 70 years later, they do return. The temple in Jerusalem is rebuilt The walls of Jerusalem are rebuilt. And all the while, God's people waited. And they waited for this offspring. They waited for this Messiah, this suffering servant prophesied about in Isaiah chapter 53 to come forth, who would be a light into the darkness and a light to the people of Israel, but also a light to the nations. 
glorious passages of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 3. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. In Isaiah 61, verse 11. Listen to this. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. Oh, brothers and sisters, we see here that God's plan has always been to redeem a people for himself from every nation. And at the end of the great book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 18, the word of God says this, For I know their works and their thoughts. And the time is coming to gather all nations and all tongues. And they shall come and shall see my glory. This great prophecy fulfilled when all the nations come forth and they head into Jerusalem And many have the Holy Spirit poured out upon them on the day of Pentecost in great power as they're hearing the praises of God in their own language as tongues of fire rest upon those dwelling in Jerusalem. And they are speaking in the language of foreigners. And those foreigners recognize that something is happening here that's extraordinary. God is having the praises of himself declared in their own tongue through those who had not known that tongue. And we see God, even in the gift of tongues in Acts chapter 2, bringing forth and gathering a people to redeem a people for himself from every nation. Oh, the drips were just... Very infrequent in the Old Testament. You have Rahab, you have Ruth, you have Naaman, you have all kinds of stories where where the Gentiles were blessed. And then when Jesus comes, the frequency of the drips of God's blessing begins to really increase as we see the gospel and the goodness of the kingdom of God bless the Canaanite woman that John preached about a number of weeks ago who had her daughter here healed. And the Samaritan woman at the well who Jesus says, you ask of me and I'll give you living water. Not just to the people of Israel, but he did come for the lost sheep of Israel, but also that all the nations of the earth might be blessed through him. We see the Samaritan woman, she's so blown away by this offer of living water. And we see also in John chapter 12, this glorious passage, verse 20 right before Jesus goes to die on the cross, and right after the triumphal entry in the Jerusalem, we see in John 12, verse 20, that some Greeks come to seek after Jesus. These Gentile Greeks come all the way to Jerusalem to visit Jesus before he dies. And it says in the Word of God, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. And so these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus, 
And Jesus, Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. And brothers and sisters, we also see that Jesus desires to save the whole world. Later in John chapter 12, verse 46, the Word of God says, Jesus speaking, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness My friend, He has come to deliver you out from darkness, not to keep you in it. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, He says, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He came to save the world. He came to bear the judgment of God on the cross as we looked at earlier and heard prophetically this morning during worship. Jesus came to deliver us from the just judgment of God by being judged Himself on the cross and receiving in His body the wrath that we deserved. He recognized that like a grain of wheat, when He died, it would bring many to life It would bear much fruit. And Jesus chose willingly to die on the cross, brothers and sisters, that you and I might have life. That's good news. And it's good news not just for one nation. It's good news that's meant to be proclaimed to every tribe and every tongue and every nation. Jesus said, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. That's men from every tribe and tongue and nation. Indeed, as Acts chapter 2 says in the sermon on Pentecost, the Apostle Peter says, quoting Joel chapter 2, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, brothers and sisters, we see at Pentecost the drips move into a flow. Indeed, it's like a dam had been building up and When Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's poured out on the church, it's like the dam breaks and the Holy Spirit breaks forth and the gospel goes forth into the hearts and into the lives of 3,000 people getting saved in one day from all over the Mediterranean, gathered together as God gathered them as He prophesied about in Isaiah into Jerusalem to hear the gospel and the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to them. The church is birthed forth in great power and the early church in Jerusalem largely remained within that geographical context until God sovereignly ordained for a great persecution to be breaking out on the church of which the Apostle Paul, then Saul, played his part. 
But that persecution, though very difficult for the church in Jerusalem to endure, it scattered God's people north into Judea. It scattered God's people further north into Samaria. It scattered God's people into Antioch, where this church that we're reading about was born. And brothers and sisters, it scattered people all over the then known world. So that later on, as the gospel was being proclaimed through God's messengers, more and more people hear about the name of Jesus and believe in Him. And more and more people from all the different nations are born again and saved and added to the church. And Jew and Gentile are gathered together Together, the Gentiles are engrafted into the the vine of the, the glorious nation of Israel. And God's people, all dividing walls of hostility, have been brought down. And they are one now in Christ, in Abram's offspring. We are all now sons and daughters of Abraham. Having believed in Jesus Christ, we've been gathered together. And to this very day, brothers and sisters... The gospel's going forth to the nations. To this very day, Christians all over the world are strategizing and seeking ways to get the gospel even out to the unreached peoples of the earth. Indeed, there is no greater cause that we can give our lives to than to lay our lives down for the glorious advance of the gospel and for the building up of his church. There is nothing more worthy of your time, nothing more worthy of your money, nothing more worthy of your devotion and all your heart than to live all out for this gospel's advance. We as a church family have the happy, glorious task of being able to play a small part in reaching the nations, Lord willing, as we send Mario and Jen out next week. And that is an encouraging thought. Many people have been speaking lately about how bad our world is becoming. How wicked. How violent. But brothers and sisters, let us pause and ponder as we think about this moment as the gospel is going forth from the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, through us His people. That in the midst of the world growing darker. And as the days approach before the Lord Jesus returns. Indeed the world will grow darker. In the midst of that sad, sad tale. The happy, happy story. Of the advance. The unstoppable advance of the glorious gospel to every tribe and tongue and nation. Goes forth. Goes forth through his weak people. His persecuted people. His troubled and afflicted people. It doesn't go forth through human strength. It goes forth through human weakness. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is such encouraging news. As we look at this world. And we see what God's doing. Let us take heart and remember. That God in His mercy is still saving sinners. All over the world. His gospel is bearing fruit and growing. And let us do everything we can do to play our part, our small part, in the world's redemption.
let us do everything we can to support work of church planting all around the world as the gospel continues to advance and grow. I'd like to ask this week for all of us to really pray about this, but pick a spot. Pick a spot in your week that works. Would you pray and fast with us this week? Like the church in Antioch, we want to cry out to God. We want to bathe this thing, this glorious work in prayer. We want to cry out to God in fasting. Church, this work requires all of us. And not just forgiving. This work requires all of us to fast and to pray and to see this thing off in power. Mario and Jen are speaking about as the weeks have built toward the sending that there's been all kinds of challenging trials that have broken out upon them. The work of the gospel going forth is not going to go unopposed. We will be opposed. We need to pray. We need to fast. Had lunch with Mar- or dinner with Mario and Jen uh, earlier this month, and one of the things that Jen said was, would you please pray that God prepares the soil in Croatia so that when we go, we will be able to proclaim Christ and that the seeds of the gospel will fall on soft hearts, ready to receive it. They're very aware that there's a lot of opposition they're facing. Mario and Jen could greatly be persecuted. They've already been persecuted. And they're willing to sign up in their hearts to go forth. Brothers and sisters, can we please cry out to God this week in prayer and fasting so that next week, when we gather together and celebrate the send-off and we lay hands upon them as a local church family, it will be with our earnest prayers made to heaven on their behalf and with our fasting. If you don't feel inclined to fast, that's fine. But I'd ask you to pray about it. See if there's a spot that works. Even if it's only for one meal two meals, a full day, a couple of days, the whole week. That is a discipline that needs to be revived in the life of the church. And it brings wonderful blessing with it. I'm so inspired in Acts chapter 13 where after they are prayed for and they are sent off, Just the happy words in Acts chapter 13, verse 4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus, where the gospel went forth, and people were saved. God's kingdom advanced 
the gospel advanced, more people were redeemed for Christ amongst the Gentile world. And so the gospel continued to spread out from Antioch. And as Romans 15 says, all the way over to Illyricum, which Mario and Jan have happily reminded us, Illyricum, spoken of in Romans chapter 15 by the Apostle Paul, is now modern-day Croatia. The gospel went forth there. It dwelt there. And the church grew there before it ever grew in Reading. And the church grew up out from Illyricum. And it continued to go forth into Europe. Indeed, the Apostle Paul had his eyes on Spain. We don't know if he ever got there before he died. But we know the gospel made it to Spain. We know the gospel made it across the Atlantic to our nation. We know that the gospel advanced in our nation. We know that the gospel is advanced even to this day where we are gathered here this morning to celebrate and worship the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords here this Lord's Day morning in 2016. And oh, brothers and sisters, how glorious it is to be numbered amongst God's redeemed amongst the nations, is it not? And now... Wonder of wonders, there's a local church, a little local church in Reading, Pennsylvania that, Lord willing, next week will be sending out two of its own back to Illyricum to take the gospel into the hard soil there that many more might come to know and believe in this glorious resurrected Christ. Brothers and sisters, what an awesome God. What an awesome Savior that would redeem a people for himself, not only, not only from every tribe and tongue and nation, but amongst your family and in the midst of your family to redeem you out of all the people in your family, to call you out in his amazing grace. You're not going to hell. You're going to heaven, believer, because God has had mercy on you. He's poured forth amazing grace, abundant grace on your life, and you're born again and saved. And God is calling us now, Christ Community Church, to be a part of getting the gospel out to other places, to other people. And indeed, there is nothing more important than we can give our lives to than this. Will you pray? Will you fast? Will you sacrifice? Like our brothers and sisters in the early church sacrificed. Like our brothers and sisters in the early church and indeed all the way throughout church history have sacrificed dying to themselves that others may live. I close with this story from Adoniram Judson, the missionary back in 1812 who went forth to the nation of Burma up in New England before he went to Burma he married a young woman named Anne Hazeltine and as he was preparing to ask for Anne's hand in marriage Adniram talked with and wrote a letter to Anne's father This was Anne's father-in-law. 
And Adoniram Judson wrote this letter to him. And as I read this letter, may we ponder in our hearts if we are willing to live like this for the kingdom of God and willing to sacrifice everything we have for the advance of the gospel in the local church and to the nations. Listen to this letter. It's very poignant. Adoniram Judson writes, to his future father-in-law. I have now to ask whether you can consent to part with your daughter early next spring to see her no more in this world. Whether you can consent to her departure to a heathen land and her subjection to the hardships and sufferings of a missionary life whether you can consent to her exposure to the dangers of the ocean, to the fatal influence of the southern climate of India, to every kind of want and distress. To degradation, insult, persecution, and perhaps a violent death. Can you consent to all this for the sake of him who left his heavenly home and died for her and for you? For the sake of perishing immortal souls? For the sake of Zion and the glory of God? Can you consent to all this in hope of soon meeting your daughter in the world of glory? with a crown of righteousness brightened by the acclamations of praise, which shall resound to her Savior from heathens saved through her means from eternal woe and despair. That's quite a letter to receive from your future son-in-law. I wonder, I wonder if I'm raising up my daughters for this. I wonder if I'm raising up my son to be like this. I wonder, is my heart in alignment with the radical gospel call to live all out for Jesus Christ and the advance of the gospel through his church to the nations? I wonder if I'm committed in that kind of spirit. I wonder if we are committed in that kind of spirit, Christ Community Church. It's my earnest yearning as pastor of this church that we would be ever increasingly of this kind of spirit to carry a missionary-like zeal, to take the gospel forth, to not live our lives here to, as Mario calls it, just pursue the American dream and all the earthly comforts and worldly joys and just to, to gather all of this around us for temporal happiness and forgetting that the nations need to hear about Jesus Christ and Him crucified, risen from the dead, that the heathen lands need to hear about Christ or they perish. Do we have this radical spirit that is willing to count the cost and say, Jesus, here I am, send me. Even as I take my own soul to task, 
and question that in myself. Christ community, I wish to say to you how grateful I am to God for the grace that I already see in our midst. We have such a sweet church. We have such a great devoted people. We have such a wonderful gospel-centered folk in this church that God's gathered together. We have some of the most authentic and genuine Christians that I have ever met in this church body. I had a buddy of mine that I was hanging out with a couple of weeks ago, goes to another church, and he was just asking me about you. And I, I paused and I just said to him, they are some of the most genuine and authentic Christians I have ever met. And I love them and I love being a part of this church family. It is wonderful what God is building here. And I think this is just the beginning of great days to come where we are going to reach many people in this area for the glorious cause of the gospel and for the glorious name of Christ. God's just getting started through us. And it's a glorious thing to ponder that God in His providence and in His infinite wisdom, even in the midst of a weak and sinful people, has chosen Christ Community Church in Reading, Pennsylvania to be the send-off church to this glorious work in Croatia. I look at that, and I want to let you know, I look at God and His power, but I look at all of you, and I, I think of this. There's no better church for this work to arise up out of and to go forth out from than you all. I am so honored to be your pastor. So thankful to be co-laboring in this glorious gospel call together with you. Thank you for your radical, passionate, Jesus-loving spirit. And may God pour out His Spirit on us as a congregation that our love for Christ and our love for the nations and our love for this area and our heart for the lost might abound more and more and more in the days to come. That we would be a church that doesn't through the years fade in its passion for Jesus and its passion for the lost, but we grow and grow and grow like a train that builds. And brothers and sisters, let us cry out to God even this week as we are praying and fasting. Let us pray for the work in Croatia. Let us pray here for the gospel's advance in this area, that God would use us passionately for His glory to redeem a people for Himself from Croatia and from all around this area for His glory, and for His namesake. And I close with this. Josh, you guys can return. Revelation chapter 5. Verse 9. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain 
And by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. We're going to close in just a moment, just singing, Jesus, thank you. Do you, do you realize out of millions of people that are lost on this earth, who've never even heard about the name of Jesus, God has poured out amazing grace in your life. You have not only heard the name of Jesus, you who have believed have come to faith in Christ, and you are born again to a living hope that can never be taken away from you. These are the days of labor, but we have a future in front of us to adore and worship the Son of God around the throne of God with all the ransomed. I love the way this scripture says, by your blood, you ransomed people for God. Oh, brothers and sisters, God has a people dispersed, his elect amongst all the nations. And he calls us to go forth in zeal and in the power of the Holy Spirit to proclaim the gospel to them. They will be saved. They will be added. And how glorious it is that we one day very soon will be gathered together in heaven amongst people from every nation, worshiping the Lamb who was slain, who by His blood ransomed people for God. And my friend, take heart. He ransomed you for God. You're going to be there. And so am I, believer, to worship the Lord forever around His throne. Don't you want to sing thank you? Don't you want to just give your all for the Lord Jesus, this wonderful and awesome God and Savior who loved us like this and gave himself for us? Let's give him our all in praise. Let's give him our all in our lives. Let's stand and close in praise and worship like he deserves. Thank you, Lord. Amen.